Welcome to the Calamity Vault. Each week on this podcast, we're going to focus on a new, independently created RPG system. This week, we're going to play Kingdom, which was created by Lame Mage Productions, games from the mind of Ben Robbins. If you haven't read the rulebook to Kingdom or have never played the game before, don't worry, we've actually never met anybody else who played it. If you are familiar with Kingdom out there and you're listening, you should totally reach out to us because we really like to talk about it. One thing that's important to know before going into it is it is a GM-less RPG system, meaning that it is a collaborative game. There's no one player that is the dungeon master or game master. There's also very minimal rules and no dice involved. Kingdom is played by creating a series of scenes in which the characters talk to each other and their outcomes affect the kingdom. If you're worried about not understanding it, don't worry, we go over the rules a bit during the playthrough. This is actually part two of our Kingdom playthrough. The first part focuses on character and setting creation. So if you haven't listened to that, you might want to go do that. If you have already listened to part one, welcome back. And you should know you are about to have an extremely silly time aboard the Astral Swan. Without further ado, let's play Kingdom. We are the passengers and crew of the starship Astral Swan, a great cruise liner steaming through the vastness of space. It was intended to just be an ordinary cruise filled with luxury and fun. However, unfortunately, things went wrong. And after a terrible accident, the ship has been stranded for several weeks. Now, with the passengers growing bored and the crew uh, growing maddened with their increasingly ridiculous demands, those few sane individuals left must work together uh, to ensure that the Astral Swan can reach its final destination. My name is Avery. I am playing Fisher Corbin. Uh, he is functionally a space accountant. Having used a good chunk of his savings to go on this cruise and immediately following the accident has has functionally defected to the crew as the people most likely to get the ship back into, like, charted space. His his fear for the kingdom is that excessive petty passenger concessions will prevent uh, the Astral Swan from mobilizing in time to fix anything, uh, consigning everyone to a slow death of resource scarcity uh, and sort of blame circles. In, in the wake of the hyperspace accident, uh, a moment of, of crisis, of, of panic, uh, he went to Algernon Mars Capone for psychic guidance uh, and now feels ashamed of this a bit, uh, and just the faintest bit worried that he might have let something slip. Uh, Fisher is one of the kingdom's two perspectives. My name is Emily, and my character is Algernon Marscapone. Algernon is what could be generously called a con man, uh, a narcissist. He is a psychic aboard the ship who is used to giving readings to the very affluent and wealthy and decided that a luxury cruise liner was the ideal place to stake his claim. His wish for the kingdom is that the passengers will become so bored with their monotonous reality that they accept the supernatural 
and bend to his whims. He also meets with Delight Starlight in the Twink Bar to talk movies and writing and spitball ideas for Delight's magnum opus that he is creating upon the ship. Algernon sees him as essentially a propaganda horn to get messages to the passengers of the ship. And Algernon is one of the kingdom's two perspective roles. My name is Jack, and I am playing Delight Starlight. Uh, Delight is an older gentleman uh, who is maybe a little beyond his prime. Uh, Once the favorite director and auteur of many of the galaxy's greatest classics, he's run upon a bit of a dry spell, and he was hoping that this cruise would get his creative juices flowing. He's very thankful for Algernon's, Marscapone's uh, ideas, and that's helpful given that he doesn't currently have a writer with him. Uh, But he's hopeful that with his help and the assistance of of a lovely young lady that he has spied, who he believes could be the next big star, he will finally be able to win Estella and get the recognition that he so richly deserves. Uh, Delight is one of the uh, two touchstones. My name is Maggie. Jim is this young and disillusioned crew member on the ship, generally found either doing her job poorly or slacking off and not doing her job at all. She doesn't really want to be here, but we're all stuck here together, and she's afraid that we're all going to be stuck here together forever with the worst people on the planet that she's ever met. She has created a bit of a bond with the lady Iris Astor Rose. They met shortly after the ship had lost its way, and the lady seemed very down on on her luck and very very sad and morose. And Jim simply couldn't just pass up the opportunity to cheer someone up. And now, um, with the encouragement of the lady's excellent tips, operates as her courier girl and passes notes for her. My name is Z, my pronouns are they, them, and I will be playing the Lady Iris Aster Rose. Uh, Pronouns she, her. Uh, Lady Iris Aster Rose will tell you that she's recently been widowed somehow in this recent accident that hurled us out into deep space and away from charted territory. Uh, She'll also tell you uh, that while she might have been very quiet and be barely have remembered before the catastrophe, she's having the time of her life now and enjoying herself to the fullest extent. Uh, The lady Iris Aster Rose is, of course, fulfilling uh, at the start of this game the role of power. Her wish is for the kingdom to grow more exciting by any means necessary. Uh, she has a bond with Fisher. Both know what's in the sealed room. Neither want to come to light. They both know that the other knows. And the lady wants information to ensure that good old Fisher doesn't let anything slip. So we have our kingdom. We have our characters. Uh, now we need our crossroads. So what is the crossroad that we are moving forward with for the beginning of the game? I believe our crossroads is... Will the Astral Swan begin rationing supplies? Which I believe, as our crossroads maker, uh, this means that you're up for a scene. Oh no. Okay. (laughs) For 
uh, people who may not have read the entire book. Um, I'm not saying I'm not singling you out, Maggie, because I also didn't read the entire book. (laughs) How does play work? Yeah. So we take turns. uh, We take turns setting scenes functionally uh, and potentially reacting to them. Uh, When you set a scene, uh, you often do not. I don't know if we will do this every time you read, read the crossroad aloud and state your role, uh, but you you functionally decide, hey, what is the situation? Who is present? And this is usually yourself and likely, it could just be supporting characters, but it, it is likely also like someone else uh, on cast. Uh, what's happening? Who is there and where are we? Uh, so this this could be like, this this could be that like Delight Starlight has has sought out knows that Jim goes to Twink to slack off, uh, and has, has sought her out there, uh, to, to confirm or deny these frightening rumors of incoming food rationing. I am going to, uh, shift this a little bit. The location will be the storage room behind the galley where the food is kept. Uh, and I think that we open as... Uh, Delight has an old-fashioned camera that he's holding out in front of him and reeling the side. Uh, and you can see that at the end, uh, he has just taped, like, an iPhone. Um, so it is entirely for show. Uh-huh. Uh, as standing amidst the uh, the bags and boxes there... Uh, Jim is fully within the frame. He says, All right, now, young lady, describe the struggles that have befallen us here on the stricken ship, the Astral Swan. Um, well, some of the crew members have run out of cockroaches to bet on. Um... Same one just keeps on winning. It's just not interesting anymore. We're running low on um, some of the more savory food filaments, but I'm sure it's fine. I mean, well, all these passengers really all want desserts anyway. And the bags next to you. Those. Yes, the ones filled with potatoes. Um. Yeah. What, what about them? In this room, and he swings the camera so it just covers the entire room and then sets it down at a slightly jaunty angle. Uh, Is this all we have to survive on for months in space? Uh, You're going to have to talk to the chef about that one. Um, Probably. Uh, Delight steps into the camera now, sweeping his hair back so it uh, covers his bald spot uh, correctly. He lifts open one of the large bags uh, and and pulls it, and the camera sees inside just a mound of baked potatoes. He says, this is all that we have left. We will need uh, uh, to take extreme measures. Th- this to is not that. This bag is not all that's left. 
Jim says from off the camera screen. <laughs> this we is have, all... We have more bags <laughs> over here. Um, yes, but these are all the potatoes that we have. Well, the, the, the replicator can make more. Yes, I know. That's why I had him. Rep that's why I had the replicator make these this morning. But these okay, okay. Cut, 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 cut. <laughs> Jim, can I call you Jim? Uh, that's that's my name. So okay. I, I guess. What we need to do here is set the scene for the documentary. We need to understand how difficult things are getting for people on board the ship. Have they been difficult for you? Well, of course. How so? P please enlighten me how things have been difficult well, for I, you. I'm sure you know that the hyperspace relay mast was taken out during the explosion. We have not had any internet surface for decades now. Decades? Well, weeks at least. And... As a result, we're cut off from the world. It's all we can do now to produce what art we can while there's still time, while there's still hope. Now, I know that this all seems very sudden to you, but you are, you have real talent, Jim. You have a chance to make it big in the world. This could be our shot. So let's take it from the top. And let's see again, see the angst, the pain, the desperation. Everything you feel. <sighs> what do you want me to say? Let's talk about the potatoes. And I think that that's where we cut <laughs> the scene. There's like a, you see like Jim's head kind of roll back. <laughs> So that was the first scene. Do we have reactions? And do people have things that they're doing immediately because of this? I, I have a question. Uh, I have a question about that. Um, so there's the content that's in the scene, um, and there's an implication. I think that Delight Starlight is about to go and continue to to spread this dramatization of what's happening. Yes. Um, are we reacting purely to exactly what happened in the scene, interjecting on the scene, or are we doing something beyond that? After the main scene, any player can narrate a short reaction to show what the character thinks or does about what happened. The reaction lets you respond immediately instead of waiting for a later scene. Trade off is that you're only allowed to narrate a short moment of vignette that shows what your character is seeing or doing right now. So perhaps we will have a scene later on where Delight has a screening of this information that we can react directly to. Or you may even, you may even, like, say, hey, my scene is happening, like, after the first previews of Delight's, like, screening have gone out. Uh, but because we finished a scene, we do need to mark a box on one of our, our tracks. Uh, scene participants, this seems like it is a crossroads box to me, but... Yeah, I think yeah. so. The news has sort of been been discovered, has been broken. Uh, Jack, as a touchstone, uh, do you feel the need to add a, or remove a crisis check? Uh, no, I don't think so. I have a question regarding the nature of the potatoes. Jack, you did say that they it was a bag of baked potatoes. Yes. Are you saying that the printer printed them already baked and then yes. you put them in a bag? Yes. Just okay. a bunch of loose baked potatoes. Yeah, they're already baked. I don't think that Delight actually knows 
what a raw potato looks like. <laughs> so these were literally a bag of, of baked potatoes that were like stuffed and like this, they, there's a little bit of steam still coming off of them. Stuffed with like cheese and bacon and yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> there's a load of baked potato. <laughs> they were just they were just printed for the shot to add another edit to the scene while he's filming he is snacking on a loaded baked potato (laughs) this is all the food we have left crouch 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 (laughs) yes he bites directly into it (laughs) like a savage (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah, I see. I think my I think my own edit to this is not so much an edit to the scene is just in response to the edits. Uh, in that I think whatever scene Fisher shows up in, like we will be seeing him with like a plate of like squashed looking baked potato. But <laughs> 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 we have a limited amount of filament. These aren't going to go to waste. <laughs> I think that Algernon and Delight should have a writer's meeting in Twink. Set the scene for me. Set the scene, set the scene. So, though we do not have traditional day and night in this luxury cruise liner, the Astral Swan, uh, our simulated daytime makes it probably around 11 a.m. that Algernon Marscapone and Delight Starlight are meeting in one of the covered in that awful diner upholstery booths that, like, squeak a little bit when you sit down on it uh, in the corner of Twink. The lights are not on. The disco ball is still spinning perpetually uh, (laughs) to show the passage of time. Uh, There is not yet anybody... Standing at the bar, but uh, Algernon has brought along uh, two omelets to the brunch meeting. Uh, and he just has a, a pad of paper and is wearing his, his, his fashionable fedora and waistcoat as he sits across from Delight. So, Delight, I, I heard you... I heard you filmed the... Uh, the food shortage scene. How did it go? It's big news. It's big news. I think that she has some real talent in her. Um, th- I can just see how expressive she is when I talk. Her, the movement of her face. I can see what's inside. Just yearning to burst out like an explosion. And if we can just bring out that passion, that intensity... I think that we'll we'll have Estella for sure. Are we are we talking about the potatoes? She who is she? Well, the potatoes are a struggle. Yes, uh, it was it was difficult to find something which really encapsulated uh, famine in the right way. And I appreciate your recommendation. Of course, of course. Well, I'm I'm glad it all worked out. Once the people know the real struggles of what is going on in this ship, the real accurate, definitely not synthesized struggles that are happening, I think I think everyone just deserves to know the truth, don't you? Absolutely. And and we need to ensure that it's presented in a way that that moves and compels them. 
Um, uh, but uh, truthfully, the, the difficulty I've had is that people don't seem uh, terribly interested in uh, any supply shortage. Uh, uh, it's, it seems as though they're uh, just, just interested in, in tawdry entertainment for the moment. People won't be interested in this this uh, societal issue of our ship until it affects them personally. Hmm. Perhaps if we showed that something that they cared about was running out, not the loaded baked potatoes, but perhaps the uh, the sex on a beach uh, drinks or oh, drinks. Their, their fancy <laughs> squiggle straws or umbrellas to keep out the synthesized sunlight. If any of those were to go short, perhaps people would, would care and start asking for more from the crew. It, it's difficult. Which is, after all, what they deserve. They do. They do. Listen, I have tried to put it out of my mind, but service has been appalling. I mean, look mm. at it. The sign has been broken for at least 36 hours it's 11 o'clock where's the bartender how am i supposed to Where have a mimosa mimosas? exactly exactly this is this is why this is why i love working with you algernon you just you understand me so yeah maybe we do need to make it clear to people uh that, that there's a real problem here that we're not being taken care of uh the way we should be the problem, of course, is that most of those things are reusable, um, not disposable beach umbrellas. What if we told people that the food synthesizers could not create alcohol? I think that would, would start a major problem aboard the Astro Swan. Because it's true, you know. The food replicators cannot replicate alcohol. Really? Cannot do it. Really. It is a, a startling shortcoming of the technology. This is some some legal issue? Uh, science has not come far enough. Oh. Oh, dear. We, we have... We are on the cusp of breaking time travel, but we cannot create alcohol in space. Well, we should get it while we can. And I think the people deserve to know. Garçon! <laughs> Looked around to the empty room. <laughs> You're right. I think perhaps I can just hop behind the bar. If you'll debase yourself like that, I'd certainly appreciate it. Here, why don't, why don't you take this bottle of rum to your personal quarters? Everybody will need to start stockpiling. Yes, that's true. Good, good thought. Good thought, Andrew. Delight will scurry off with his rum clutched to his chest, slightly under his fashionable vest. Okay, I'm just checking. I would just like to check in then. Uh, Algernon, it sounds like you've made a predictive statement. Uh, that if we do not begin rationing, we will run out of alcohol. Would you like to would you like to confirm that as a as a prediction for this crossroads? My intention was to be lying. 
uh, and create panic. Gotcha. Okay. Well, then we don't have to do it. So whether whether or not it's true, I, I'm trying to get everybody to start believing it. I have I, I, ideas on this as a crew member that could come up organically later. I have a proposal then for how you could implement that prediction then. You, you're proposing that if stockpiling, if, if supplies are um, not rationed, people will panic over the potential running out of alcohol. Or vice versa. Like, does that make sense? I, I think I agree with that, that if supplies are not rationed, uh, there will be panic over the loss of a significant supply on a cruise ship, which is alcohol. And the people will stockpile or react it however they will. People will start hoarding. Yeah. Which always goes well. It's the COVID, COVID toilet paper. Jack and Emily, would you like to mark that box on, on crossroads of towards answering the question about rationing? Would you like to mark that towards crisis? I feel like or time passing, it could but... be a boredom thing. I think it's toward crisis. Yeah, <laughs> you, you are you are going to try to you're you're, you're getting this this news out. You're inciting crisis. <laughs> yes. Um, can I add a reaction to this scene? Yeah. Uh, and you can tell me if this is maybe too close to an addendum because uh, I don't want to change too much. But um, maybe you just missed it when you swept your eyes around the room before hopping behind the bar. Uh, but I think. Lady Iris Aster Rose, uh, after you leave, finishes sipping her coffee, sets it down, and um, sort of over on the bar top, um, and then walks out of the room. I like it. I have no idea what she wants or she will do so with anything. Yeah. <laughs> I think I have an idea for a scene if we're okay. progressing to the next one. Yeah. Lady Iris Aster Rose is going to go take a look around for uh gym let's do it at the employee lounge um where i think uh a gentle uh rhythmic rap comes at the door i was gonna say a gentle is it like a a, a rhythmic rap, rap that could be perhaps identified um, yes i think yeah. so i think it's a very particular rhythm to it um i think i think we hear on screen um a couple of different chain locks sliding out of place and a chair is being like dragged away before the door opens. Ah, lady, how's it going? Oh, it's going lovely, Jim. It's so good to see you. I, I wanted to come and talk to you about something I had overheard. Um, do you have a moment? Uh, we can talk here, out on the hall, but whatever's easy. Uh, yeah, come come on in. Come. Um, this chair's not broken here. You can use this one. Thank you, thank you. And the lady will... Uh, Make sure the door closes, whether you close it or uh, she does, and come and sort of test the chair a little bit uh, before sitting down. Um, and I think she's she's wearing a overly fancy clothing for where she's at. Um, she is, I think, in a, basically a tuxedo um, with a bit of a ruffle at the top of it um, and uh, large golden earrings, um, sort of teardrop-shaped. And after testing the chair, sort of sweeps the tail back a little bit and sits down with a a loud creak um, on the not-quite-broken chair. Jim will pull up another chair, um, definitely a very wobbly one, and will sit backwards on it. Um, and 
is in kind of half uniform, you know, shirts untucked, not wearing the proper hat. Um, her hair is pulled back, but, you know, it's kind of coming out in, in ways that is not really appropriate for working in a kitchen, which kind of looks like she just came back from because all these stains on her clothes. Mm-hmm. Uh, the lady sort of leaning back a little bit, cross her legs, yeah. kind of put one arm over the edge of the chair. Uh, now, Jim, you see, I've heard something dreadful, and I just needed to talk to you about it and see what's going on on the ship. Uh, we all know that there's something like a food shortage happening, and I I heard much to my disdain that that dreadful Mr. Starlight had managed to get an interview with you. Did you did you tell him that the food processor can't replicate alcohol? What is he talking about? <laughs> The food process, the replicator can make alcohol. It's just permissions issues. You know, you, you can't have the replicator in your room be making alcohol so that your kids can get to it. God, what is wrong with these people? Uh, the lady will just kind of nod knowingly at the sick. Yes, that's what I thought. Um, good, good. Well, I'm so sorry you had to deal with him yet again. I know how much displeasure he causes just by showing up. You know what he did today, lady? Tell me. I would he, love to hear it. He wanted to talk about the, the 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 food shortage that we are facing. I don't know anything about a food shortage. I don't work with the chefs, you know. I don't keep track of that stuff. Um, but, you know, I gave him a couple answers to keep him happy. I have been hearing some things here and there, but, you know, what do I care, really? But, you know what he did? He shot this scene about food shortages with a sack of Baked potatoes. Who's going to eat those potatoes, lady? Speaking of, do you want a squash potato? He gave them to me afterwards. I don't know what to do with them. Nobody wants them. I, I frankly don't want any squash potatoes from Mr. Starlight. Well, he sure was enjoying a snack on one before. But, yeah, I don't know really what... It's just, there's not going to be an alcohol shortage. Well, okay. If we do run out of certain... Um, food flavorings, those are generally used in certain types of alcohol. And uh, those are also the ones that are generally used for, like, the dinners. And we are kind of, like, going through a lot of that. But, you know, the food, pro- the food replicator's fine. He just doesn't have permissions to do it. You know, I'm so glad to hear that. And, you know, Jim, I, I, I did come down here partially to ask you to take a message around, but... Well, maybe I should give it to you anyways. Um, you see, I was really worried that uh, perhaps there was going to be a shortage, and who knows what the other passengers will do if they learn that. You've you've interacted with them, you know, more better than anyone, that they simply won't stand for the most minor of inconveniences. Oh, if you, um, if you take anything away from these people, they will just riot. Yes, well, and I, I was going to, to send word out that... Uh, I, I have it on good authority that someone, one of the passengers, is hoarding alcohol, hoarding bottles of it. But I, I don't know who it is yet, but I'm sure it's there. Um, but I, here, I'll, I'll give you this and passes over uh, a, an envelope, uh, basically, with a number of small sort of flyers um, that basically have a room number on them um, and suggest that they're is alcohol to be had in plenty. You're welcome to put these around. I'm sure people would enjoy it. Um, and who would be hoarding things if not to have a celebration of sorts? But if, if it does come to it, 
then this could be a way to keep the passengers uh, pleased and happy and out of everyone's hair um, and, and also bring about a bit of delightful revelry. Yeah, sure. Anything for you, lady. Jim, you're just so sweet. And I, I think the lady will uh, kind of uncross uh, her legs and lean towards you a little bit and kind of look at your hair. Oh, dear. And just sort of slick your hair back <laughs> and try to straighten you up a little bit. Um, oh, sweetie, this kitchen really is unkind to you. Really must relax more. And I, I think, unless you have something else to add or respond, but that might be the end of the scene. The lady I, is so hot. I was going to say, I do have something <laughs> to add. And that is when the lady pushes Jim's hair back, you see like a slight blush on her face. <laughs> creepy as hell we now know two things about her hot and dangerous <laughs> does anybody have any reactions to that I think I think Algernon just sees a flyer on one of the like bulletin boards for like uh, come party in room like 403 we have alcohol and just bursts into laughter as he walks by it <laughs> But that's it. What are we checking? So I, I think I'm imagining this checking a crossroads box. Because I, I think what it's sort of publicly airing or putting out um, is that, well, there, there's, look, we thought there was a crisis. We thought there was a shortage. But actually, there's plenty. We just have to go look here. Um, there's a stash of things. And it's sort of distracting, if, it, if nothing else. I don't really know if that goes better into crisis or not, but it, it seems to bear on our crossroads as well, whether we rationed or don't, um, at least in the minds uh -huh. of some people. Yes, and I think you've certainly used your power uh, to make the kingdom do something to another character. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I almost feel like it's a bit of crisis. I'm th I keep thinking of this as like the COVID toilet paper. If you were saying like, oh yeah, the supermarket might run out of toilet paper, but don't worry. If you go to this address, they have like a hundred packages of toilet paper in their garage. I feel like that is stoking the flames for something bad to happen as a, but I that's, don't know. That's what was pushing me towards crisis anyways. And I, I am feeling, yeah. now, now that you've said it out loud, I'm feeling a little more convinced even that actually maybe that's correct. I also think just a move towards crisis okay. uh, makes sense within the confines of of this game. I'm, I'm, <laughs> I think that's I'm convinced uh, crisis it is. How many boxes are on the crisis sheet? Uh, six. It's one more than there are players. Uh. And we've already checked two of them. <laughs> <laughs> Great work, team. Well, we gotta check something every time. It's staying true to life. <laughs> it's always a crisis. I think it's later in the day, and we open on Jim kind of haphazardly, um, like sticking these 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 flyers up in different locations, um, culminating in being in the Twink Bar itself and putting up an advertisement for basically free alcohol in the bar. <laughs> it's kind of later in the evening, so um, various people might find themselves in the Twink Bar. So if anybody wants to um, insert themselves into the scene, they can. I think 
that Jim is talking to the bartender. Because a seed has been planted here. <laughs> okay, who wants to nab the bartender as a secondary character? I mean, Avery, you haven't gone at all yet. No, but I also know fuck all about, like, alcohol or bartending. <laughs> oh, it definitely shouldn't be me, then. We're unqualified. It, it doesn't have to, you don't have to be a qualified bartender. It's a space bartending. It can mm. be anything you want. <laughs> I can, I can bartend. Uh, their name is Fringe, and they're not a real bartender. Uh, <laughs> What does that mean? <laughs> you know what that means? It means that the replicator makes all the drinks. Uh-huh. Yeah. Uh-huh. They're unqualified. They're, they're great at they're great at pushing buttons. Uh, they're an operation technician. That's uh-huh. it. Uh-huh. They've written bartender on their name tag. Uh, but... Okay, okay, okay. So um Um I'm fringe. I'm hearing some things about uh, food shortages here. Now, I know that doesn't make any sense because that's not how the replicator really works, but I do know we've been kind of digging into some of the replicator filament for, you know, some of the dinners to really satiate these people's appetites for not being sober. Oh, no, yeah. I mean, I there's... Well, there's a bunch of settings that you can really deal with here. And I, I mean, some of it's just like flavor complexity and like realism, right? Like you could probably, if you wanted to do like a cube potato, uh, someone came through here with a sack of potatoes earlier. Did you see that? Uh, <laughs> Don't get me started. <laughs> like if you wanted to do like a cube potato, right? Like it would take less power. Uh, <laughs> or just like a, a, a puddle, like, like some surrealism type of shit. Uh, <laughs> If you want, like, like a lemon that looks sort of like melted, uh, but you know, we can't, do, do you want a melted lemon on your, on your drink? Uh, <laughs> um, no, I'm good. I'll just stick with the beer. If, if we turn down the graphic settings on these, we can really save some space. Uh, but. <laughs> <laughs> a low resolution lemon. <laughs> But I mean, it's also, you know, if you want, like, something that tastes like a real orange versus something that tastes like orange-ish, that's, yeah, gonna use. If we were to talk about maybe that table over there, and she'll point to a table um, with about five women sitting around in a circle, and they each have identical, like, hot pink cosmopolitans on, on the table, and they are getting very rowdy. They also have a bunch of empty classes around them. If you had to estimate... How much that ridiculous bachelorette party is costing on the replicator? What would you What would you say? I mean, gosh, that's at least a spool. I I mean, I I, I will say there. Look, this is between you and me. This is trade secrets, right? But I, as they do get drunker, I do turn down like some of the quality settings on the drinks. <laughs> you know, French, as is your right. Good for you. These people don't deserve anything. So maybe maybe like three quarters of a spool. Okay, okay, okay. You know, they don't really notice after the second drink anyway. It's all the I, same. I know, I know. Have you noticed an increase in patrons at the bar after we got lost? It's not really much to do anymore. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's just... I, 
we were supposed to be home like two weeks ago, and here we are. It keeps keeps me in tips, I guess, but amen to that. Can I interest you in a new kind of kind 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 of drink? I'm I've been experimenting with some of like the the quality settings. I'm calling it Left Orange. I. Uh, <laughs> Fringe, I would love nothing more than left orange. Give it to me. And I think that's a recall scene. Holy crap. Left orange will come back later. Incredible. Fringe is my favorite character. Yeah. The best Avery props to you for, like, getting a bullshit question, like... How how much are they taxing the food replicator and just saying, oh, you know, a spool. Well, that's, that's how 3D printers work. <laughs> I'm running exclusively on, like, the three things I know about 3D printers. Uh, that was a great... It's a very good answer. That was fantastic. Yeah, that was good. That was good. It gives us something tangible to work with. <laughs> yeah, we can use this again later. Yeah. It does make me wonder how many baked potatoes are in a spool now. <laughs> <laughs> What's the conversion factor? Definitely, like, it probably took up at least half a spool because Delight decided to turn the quality settings to the maximum because he, <laughs> he's never actually had it below maximum. So for a shot, he figured it'd be the same. And then he put all of them in a bag to be squished. <laughs> Yes. <laughs> Those 4K potatoes. <laughs> I, I, uh, I love the idea that there are going to be food riots because people are being forced to eat cube potatoes. <laughs> the low res potatoes. Like, <laughs> They, they taste the exact same. Well, that's one of the other dials that you can sort of turn down. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, the texture might not be the same. Like, like you could imagine a low-res lemon would have less of the little lemon dimples. Mm-hmm. I Part of part of the appeal of, of left orange is that I, it's served with, like, an orange slice garnish. Uh, but it's, it's sort of just in, like, solid wedges on the... There's no actual, like, distinction between the rind and the inside of the orange. It's all just orange. It looks like an orange slice that you would get out of, like, a child's kitchen playset. <laughs> so what does that seem? You're Touchstone, right? I am Touchstone. You could mark a crisis box or take one away if you wanted. I don't think we have taken away from the crisis here. I think we have just brought more information to light as to how dire the crisis could be. That's fair. I We could... Because we're not escalating crisis, I think we could mark crossroads or time passing. For crossroads, does it have to relate to coming closer to a decision on the crossroads? Crossroads is the default that gets marked. Okay. It is about a crossroad topic, which is shortages. And it's more information about it, which is that you can turn down the what does what flavor. does rationing what does yeah. rationing look like here? Rationing looks like low <laughs> resolution or artificial flavoring. Yeah, let's do Crossroads then, because it kind of brings us closer to that topic. Do I need to make a statement as the touchstone right now? Uh, you don't have to, no. Okay, okay. I do like that that uh, Jim as a touchstone uh, seems to be indicating the crew is, like, by and large unworried about this. Yeah, I, I think part of it is that the crew that um, 
Jim is part of. Um, we haven't quite seen what I'm sure Fisher will bring to light, which is what is going on in the health in the in the status room. Mm. Um, because what Jim sees is the people who have to serve the, the patrons, uh-huh. and um, and that's the crew that she's working with. And so I think she has a lot of insight into also the the, the passengers, like with the bachelorette party drinking um, a spool's worth of filament in a night. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Um, but, I mean, I don't know. Clearly the crew's also bored. <laughs> they were racing cockroaches. <laughs> they were racing cockroaches. I think we pick up in the sealed deck, or, or near it. It's later in the evening, past the, past the twink bar moment. We see Fisher making his way down the hallway toward, uh, toward Lady Iris Astervo's, uh, He's like a, a, a middle-aged man, uh, nothing particularly remarkable to look at. His hair is still, like, very, very neatly uh, combed back. His pants are, like, perfectly ironed. And so is his, like, concession to the fact that he was on a cruise, which is that he does have, like, a floral print uh, Hawaiian shirt that's been, like, perfectly ironed and pressed. Uh, <laughs> his little glasses... I think I'll just open with, like, surely you don't think an alcohol run is going to help matters, do you? Uh, I think the lady is uh, sort of standing facing the door, uh, or a sealed door to the sealed room, um, with a slightly wide stance, uh, hands kind of in the pant pockets, but still wearing the very formal attire from earlier in the day. Um, just keep staring at it. Um, as Fisher talks, and then without meeting his um, gaze, just uh, quiet, it goes, <sighs> Fisher, they need something to distract them, something to keep them entertained. Sure, it won't help the shortage, but <laughs> what are we going to do about a shortage if we're never making it to supplies? You know better than anyone how far out here we are. Why not have a little fun on the way? We don't know where we are. Our best hope is that we can get something working again, or that we have somehow ended up somewhere that's going to cross someone's route. If people think we're going to run out, then we're going to waste resources manufacturing alcohol for them to sit on in case there isn't any. And then they're going to create the shortage that they're afraid of. You might be right. It'll be a fun time watching it happen. But I also don't think it has to go that way, Fisher. This doesn't have to be the way things turn out. We can always make them think that there was an abundance all along, and yeah, someone had some in their room, but there's so much more, don't worry about it. They can have their party, they can have their shenanigans, and can let it blow over. It'll be more fun this way. It's going to be okay, Fisher. And at this point, we'll turn to face you. It, he's not, like, close enough to either of the walls to touch them. He's just sort of, like, standing in the middle of the hallway. He's got his arms sort of, like... Like, it's non-confrontational. He just sort of seems very, like, self-contained. We are going to have to turn down some of the dials, Lady Aster, and 
frankly, I think the sooner and the, the sooner we do it, the more time we buy ourselves. Are people going to like it? Of course they're not going to like it. Fisher, making so many assumptions about what's going to happen and whether we're going to be found. Another week of drifting out here with nothing around doesn't strike me as all that glorious. Do you know how many spools we have left? I know we don't have enough. But we never had enough. Not after we ended up here. So we increase our chances. We let people... Let them be unhappy. Fisher, who have you been talking to about all this? Where is this coming from? Talk to some of the crew, but mostly I've just been, been taking inventory, watching the numbers. We've increased our consumption rates, if anything, since this happened. And it, it only goes up more as people burn through ways to keep themselves entertained. There's only... How many movies do we have on board, do you think? We haven't had access to any kind of information network. Your, 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 man, your man Starlight isn't coming up with new material fast enough to keep the crowds at bay. I wanted to talk to you about Starlight, actually. Um, oh, he won't talk to me. He says I'm an extra. I... <laughs> oh, dear. Well, I heard he's been spreading rumors about shortages, uh as well. They're much more dire than perhaps is true. Yes, I, I several of us in, in the uh on the status deck did have to make sure his, his his props weren't going to waste after the fact. Oh the potatoes, yes. That's filament we won't get back. Maybe I can help you out. I want to make sure that for the duration of this trip there's something that makes it worth continuing to travel. And it seems like you want to make sure that this lasts as long as possible. No matter what outcomes come to be, no matter what, there's a glance to the door, comes to light. And Fisher, I think your worries are un might be unfounded. You want to say that these people will throw a fit if we lower the settings a little. They don't know what the things they order taste like. They never knew what they taste like. Fisher, we just tell them it's abstract art. They love that. Tell them it's modern, contemporary, the latest and greatest. Shoot, tell them it's from Starlight. I'll tell them it's from Starlight. But frankly, it'll be fun. It'll be entertaining to watch them enjoy their, what is it called again? Their left oranges. Um, and tell us how authentic the ingredients are. It'll be entertaining to watch them make a little run on this alcohol spree, only to find either nothing or to find uh, that the product there, perhaps, if one were so inclined, uh, was simply a collection of strangely shaped and overly gelatinous uh, alternatives to their preferred beverages. I want to keep this trip worth traveling. To do that, something needs to happen on this ship apart from cockroach races and the incessant prattle of people who've never had to think since they became wealthy. Rather, See them wander about the ship a little. Get into trouble. Have some drama, Fisher. I'm sure I wouldn't know where to begin. A little entertainment for me. A little propaganda for you. Bring the passengers around. I'd be much obliged. I just want us to survive. 
this trip. I just have one more question for you. How much do you like Starlight? Where is this coming from? Well, you'll notice the flyers have a certain room number on them. I don't, I don't know who lives where. I do. I think that scene. Uh... <laughs> I have some concerns about the lady. I love her so much. She's so good. She's great. She's so great. I'm having a great time with the lady. <laughs> Power was chosen well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think uh, Fisher needs to check a box. I think. I think we're marking crossroads, probably. That seems sensible. Uh, and then I, I certain I made predictive statements, uh, and if someone remembers the details of those better than I do, I'd appreciate that. I just say things. Uh, certainly, I th- I think I said that if we don't, if we don't ration, we'll run out. Yeah. So there was a if we don't ration, we'll run out, and then there might have been a second one that was uh, if we do ration. Um, there was there was some. I don't know if either one was really a prediction or speculation from Fisher's perspective, but one was that uh, the people would be, or the passengers specifically, would be grumpy, but you didn't make as strong of a prediction to... That was a disparaging comment. Uh, <laughs> oh, okay. Uh, yeah, I, I think their stance is that if the swan does not ration then the alcohol run is going to lead to rampant filament waste. Hmm, I see. Are we going to close the Twink bar? <laughs> no! We don't have to close Twink, we just have to turn down the resolution. <laughs> yeah, I see, it certainly sounds like you're making things happen. Yes, I, I do think my my intent is to make things happen, and I think, since I've already set the the party in motion, I think maybe the... The follow-up is to sort of here kind of uh, set up this low-resolution thing. Um, And I think the detail of that maybe is that at some point uh, there's going to be a bunch of low-res cocktails and low-res sorts of... or or bottles of low-res alcohol somethings um, that are brought to Delight Starlight's uh quarters um and i i think that they are probably after this conversation going to be displayed as if they're a kind of like delicacy delicacy of some sort that's being like put out and protected um but but you know on display in some sense or some kind of art thing um the, the idea to be that if a bunch of wealthy passengers come storming into a renowned artiste's room and see these things as like the fine stuff, then in fact they might actually believe it. We currently have three three boxes checked in our crossroads and three unchecked. We have two cross boxes on crisis and we have none on time passes. Once we fill up a card, then we res- stop and resolve. I think I will have a scene with a, another passenger that perhaps is one of the like uber-rich uh, susceptible to cults <laughs> passengers if anybody wants to take on that role I can do it if no one else is interested so I think for this scene 
we are in the Dark Academia holodeck, which is my office during the day, uh, where I give readings to various individuals who wish to come see their fortune. And I have invited you, uh, what's a ridiculous old lady name? Augustinia Paracleps. Augustinia Paracleps, I, I sent a note to your room and urged you to come here immediately, as it was an emergency. Oh, Mr. Mascarpone! Oh, so good to see you. I got your note. Thank you so much for coming. I understand it's... Oh, yes, here, let me help you sit down. Thank you, thank you. I'll sit right next to her and, like, put my hand on her hand. Now, you said that something is amiss... In the spirit world. Indeed. The the spirit of, dare I say, my late, your, your late husband <gasps> came to speak with me. Was it, was it Reginald or Eustace? It was. It was Reginald. <gasps> ah, Reginald. I haven't dreamed of him in 50 years. He was so handsome, even for a gentleman of... of of great years. Of course, of course. I'm, I'm sure you miss him a great deal, as he is still interested in, in your affairs in life. Oh. Uh, he told me something rather concerning, though, that I would need to speak with you immediately about. I had a vision from him, you on the promenade, sunning yourself beneath the zero gravity pool, but your, your face was gaunt. Your <gasps> your bones quite prominent. Your your hands and your arms look so thin. I I was I was concerned that you had perhaps a wasting illness or could it be consumption? I you know it could be. I don't want to panic you. It could be consumption. However, it's. Uh, considering the rumors I have heard lately aboard the ship of, of food shortages, I fear it might be that you may starve. <gasps> How dreadful! Oh, to think that one comes to such an end in a place like this. Yes, especially when one spent so much money to come here and be taken care of. I can't imagine it. It would be a good way to go. But Reginald was, was so... He was adamant that you not meet this fate, Lady Augustinia. Oh, that's just very kind of him. Yes, he wanted you to, at the very least, die in a more refined way, as is befitting your station. Should I, I, I take the poison that he gave me all those years ago? No. He said that he wished me to be buried with him in his mausoleum, but I I demurred at the time. I thought I must remain alive for Felix and Natasha. I buried them w with him when they passed as well, and all 27 of their kittens. Lady Augustina, you are, you are truly an inspiration, which is why you must go on. Cast off your poison. <coughs> And she throws a ring across the room where it just sort of phases through the wall. 
and you hear a slight crack somewhere off in the distance of the holodeck. Algernon makes a note to pick that up later. <laughs> but my, my lady, we must... This is a sign of danger, of death. We must make everyone aware that this... This could be their fate. This could be your fate. Yes. Yes, we must. We must tell everyone that we are on the brink of starvation. Thank you for bringing this to me, Mr. Mascopo. Only you can prevent this fate. You are the speaker of truth upon this vessel. You must let everyone know. I shall. And I save shall. them. I shall. B before I go, uh, Mr. Moscapone. Yes. Tell me. There is another voice that I had hoped to hear. Young Percy. From 37 Cambridge Road. He was such a strapping young chap when I left. He seemed so strong. But I had yet had the opportunity to pluck that delightful flower. Tell me, does, does he yearn for my beauty? Ah, oh, yes. I'll close my eyes and hold her hands. Oh. Young Percival. Oh, my dear lady. He longs for you so. He had a portrait drawn of you. What am I wearing in the portrait? <laughs> oh, the finest of garments. Uh, coward. A fine dress. A fine dress with sleeves off of your shoulders, bearing oh. them and your collarbones to the, the beholder. And, and lower? A respectable amount of cleavage. Hopefully a dash irrespectable. If I might say so, uh, you be bussin'. <laughs> a snatched, snatched waist, truly. Oh, you speak just like him, Mr. Moscophone. Oh, <laughs> uh, and that ass. Those thighs. Oh, uh, and there I say, even a hint of ankle. <laughs> And, and I think that's where we can leave that. <laughs> I think that's it, yeah. The I... operator of the holodeck just looks on at this in abject <laughs> disgust. <laughs> I, I would like people to start panicking. Okay, are you checking towards crisis or towards crossroads? Crisis. Okay. Uh, crisis, just as please. Just as a note, this is then putting both our crisis and our crossroads at three apiece, with three boxes left on each track. Yeah, he's he's going to be working towards creating a crisis. That's fair. I think that Delight will have a scene with uh, Fisher Corbin. Um, as you have been dragged up to uh, one of the upper decks where the VIP quarters are. Aww. <laughs> saying, look, look at what's happened! What am I, what am I looking at here, precisely? Uh, well, that's my door, but... Uh, hold on, I need to put in code. He puts in the, the, the little code in there. The door is, like, kind of half on its hinges and half not. Um, and so he, it, he dutifully plugs in the code and swings it open and says, Behold! And the room is just, like, kind of... kind of trashed, but in the way of, like... A bunch of, like, there have been drinks left on furniture without coasters. Um, 
Things have been thrown away in the wrong waste paper basket. It's not like there's been a riotous party, just a bunch of people who came in and consumed a lot of alcohol. I, I think Fisher does, like, remove a stack of coasters from his Hawaiian shirt pocket and starts placing them under drinks. Uh, <laughs> That's so good. <laughs> what, has, what has come upon people? They've been driven mad. I simply had a small stash of alcohol, and I had appreciated your good service in adding to it carefully over the last few days. I'm sorry, this is difficult. I came back, and my entire room had been plundered. Pillaged, even. The alcohol is gone. Uh, Mr. Mr. Starlight, you're always welcome to go and patronize the uh, drinking establishments aboard this vessel. But it's all going to be running out. There's an enormous shortage. Haven't you heard the voice of truth? Well, I I had heard that that you were starting rumors, uh, but in fact it, it comes it comes from similar filament spool to the rest of the foods that we we consume aboard the vessel. Uh, and while there may be certain uh, flavors and such that might need to be more immediately rationed than others, the real uh, consequence of of spool rationing, I think at least initially, we can, we'll have to reevaluate this, of course, if things get truly dire, uh, and we begin to cut back on portions as well, but at the moment, the primary consequences of, 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 of spool rationing are likely to be cosmetic. Look at this young man, and he goes over to the replicator in the wall, um, and types in mojito and presses it, and it just goes, boop, boop, boop. Don't you see? I don't know what they've told you, but the replicators cannot produce alcohol. <laughs> and look, it's already driven even such august personages mad. We have a drinking establishment aboard the vessel. You don't need to drink this in your room. Boop. Boop, boop, boop. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Mr. Starlight, have you ever been able to drink? Have, have you ever been able to, to, to produce alcohol from the replicator in your room? No. It's a sorry existence. But it just goes to show the problem. The alcohol stocks cannot last much longer. This cruise was meant to be a month at most. And we've been out here for three weeks. The alcohol stocks are the same as the potato stocks that you were printing. And I was trying to create a public attention about the absences. We must get the news out. If, if people of, of good sense and good breeding are already behaving like animals... Mr. Corbin, I understand that you may have affections for certain uh, members of the crew. We all do. We all uh, that I may have, have sympathies for them. But... Uh, Mr. Starlight, if you are attempting to insinuate anything, I, I am not picking up what you have been, been putting down. What I am trying to say is that if this is what our sorts of people can do, 
What do you think will happen when they run out? Mr. Starlet, you seem to have sort of misjudged the severity of the situation here. We're, we're not talking about things running out as of yet. We have at least, if we, if we turn down, if we cap some of, some of the settings on the replicators, we can make things last for a good while longer before we have to start talking about, about proper rationing. I think a harsh rationing method needs to be implemented immediately. Otherwise, these riots will only spread. First it'll be alcohol, then silly straws, then quiche. <laughs> what happens when the key lime pie goes? What then? Don't we have uh, emergency meals? If we start uh, using those emergency stockpiles for crew meals, we can minimize the amount of filament used. Many of the, many of the crew are already using minimal filament meals, myself included, Mr. Starlight. Well, listen, Mr. Corbin, I understand that you have your sympathies, but you are a man of propriety. There's no need for that. The key lime pie won't run out just yet. Now, I'll have to get someone to clean this up. Oh, I can barely look at it. And you see this? Points to a bowl. An empty silver bowl. Hmm. You know what should be in there? Blue M&M's. It's part of my rider. They eat all the M&M's. Mr. Starlight, I do believe we can still replicate those with probably 85% fidelity. <laughs> and I think that's the scene. Crossroads, Oh, Mr. Baby. Starlight. <laughs> oh, Mr. Starlight. And as a touchstone, this is the attitude of the wealthy. Mm. Uh-huh. The passengers. Uh-huh. The crew don't need food? <laughs> the crew can survive on the, like, freeze-dried rations that we have in case of emergencies. Yeah. We we had whole boxes of moon ice cream for, for Space Day. They can just eat that forever. Oh, my God. <laughs> Every yes. day is Space Day. <laughs> I have a thing yes. on behalf of the crew here. <laughs> moon ice cream. It's shaped like the moon. Fisher is already eating a lunch that that is like it's a nutrient cube. Uh, <laughs> Fisher is one of the people who is very concerned about global warming and so not only like won't take plane trips, but always tries to bike to the grocery store yes. and feels very, very guilty when he has to drive to a place that that's too far. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And Delight is a person who wants to hit you with his car because you should be in a bike lane, even though the road doesn't have a bike lane. There aren't any bike lanes. Yeah. <laughs> yes. I feel attacked right now, Mr. Marscapone. <laughs> My brother in Christ, you made the character. <laughs> <laughs> and is what are we ticking? We've ticked uh, crossroads. 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 I see.
in terms of this crossroads, I would like to check in with Jim about the crew and the potential uh, passenger. I would also like to do that. I will, okay. In a, in a meta moment, it is difficult to talk about crew issues when there is only one crew member that is a character. Uh-huh. Yeah. I, yes, I, I think we could try doing something with Fisher. Yeah, which that's what I was thinking, too. Mm-hmm. I, I would say you and Fisher in a scene, or you, Fisher, and Lady Iris. Yeah, I like that combination. If I can suggest a setting. I was thinking of mealtime in the employee lounge. If we went to the employee lounge, we could see the pitiful little meal that the employees That's are forced true. to eat. That's true. <laughs> and yeah. the, the unrest grow. Uh-huh. Tell us about your meal. Um, <laughs> there, are, there are several crewmen in, in the employee lounge. Um, we haven't really described much of the lounge yet. Um, and I would like to take the opportunity to do so. Um... There is a couple of particle board tables, you know, the kinds that I'm talking about that you would get in like a, like a grade school cafeteria. Um, and a couple of plastic chairs and some mixed metal chairs as well. And there is a food replicator in there, but I want you all to imagine um, the grimiest work uh, microwave you've ever seen, you know, oh. something that hasn't been cleaned in probably food like violations. Yeah, you uh-huh. know, like it is still a food replicator because that's how we're all getting our food. But you know, it legitimately has not been cleaned in probably ten years. I mean, probably about how long this cruise ship was built, and all its settings are really turned down to the lowest possible setting. Um, and I think we get an establishing shot on that. Um, just that food replicator, which is so different than all these ones that we've been seeing around the ship. Um, and then we see the several crewmen, and they're kind of all sharing stories um, around the table of some of the things they've had to deal with that day. And they each have, they're like, I, I feel like the, there's like plate standard sizes that the replicator makes. And dinner plate is a standard size. And so we get these big dinner plates. And in the middle of it, it's just this tiny little brown gelatinous cube with, like, a couple of, like, seeds in it. And everybody just has, like, spoons. And we're just trying to, like, make it last as long as possible. Fisher will we'll get a cube and take a seat. Uh- <laughs> ah, Fisher! Come to join us, I see. I you know, you are allowed to use the other replicators. I use the other replicators to print these myself. I right, is this one not good enough for you? I don't blame you, actually. It's pretty gross. It's what they'll all be eating in the end. The sooner we get used to it, I think, the longer they will last us. I don't really think there's any getting used to this, but Oh, it's it's nutritious. It's digestible. <laughs> nutritious, yes. Digestible. You haven't used the crew bathroom yet. I will admit I have not. You are always welcome to try, although I do recommend bringing in a gas mask. One makes do, but uh, we have we have other company as well. Uh. And I, I think you're saying this as uh, Lady Iris Aster Rose has actually gone over to the employee replicator 
and has produced a copy of the same thing that Jim has, and is sort of eyeing it with displeasure, but has but knows what it is and comes over and sits down and says, Oh Jim, always a delight. And sort of pushes it a little bit forward, doesn't really dive into it right away, still kind of thinking about it, uh, and looks over to Fisher and back at Jim. Um, Fisher, what is this all about? Well, you are certainly better friends with the man than I, but uh, it has come to my attention that Mr. Starlight, among others, is unhappy with the state of things. Is that man ever happy? Perhaps not. I assume you are in a, a, a better position than, than I to determine that, but no, no, nonetheless, we, we must proceed in, in some form, I, I think. Certainly, already, the crew are, are being asked to make sacrifices, and he'll, he'll, he'll like nod quite quite seriously uh, towards the, the replicator, uh, despite the fact that he is, like, he's eating the cube with, like, real enjoyment. Uh, his wedding picture with his spouse is both of them in, like, sort of formless gray suits. <laughs> they're accountant for accountant. Uh, they, <laughs> Their cake was vanilla. Uh-huh. <laughs> uh, certainly there have been alarming rumors going around about the measures that we are going to have to, to take, but I suppose I, I wanted to confirm with yourself as a representative of the uh, the, the crew, uh, and with yourself, Lady Iris, as... as Someone with a a hand in the in the passenger uh, lounge, as it were, uh, about proceeding forward. Well, I can tell you, crew morale is probably at an all time low. I mean, it's hard to watch these people waste away everything while we're stuck here eating cubes. Half the people don't even do their jobs anymore. Mm. I'm not saying I really do either, but mm. I mean, mm-hmm. what's what's the point? Would you would you would you find then? Do you do you think that uh, that turning down the dials on the on the replicators and and bringing the the passengers down to to the same level as as yourselves uh, in terms of, of of their fare would that do you, do you find be sort of karmically satisfying uh, to you in a way, or would it simply create a hassle and additional? stress on systems that are already close to failing. I'll tell you what, Fisher, you turn that dial down all the way and you put your name on that action. We'll see what happens. Jim, I am not a popular man. <laughs> Perhaps lady can speak better, but. Fisher, if you're talking about karmic satisfaction, would the answer be to turn one dial down and turn the other one up? Oh, there's an idea. I... I'm less concerned with, with, with karmic satisfaction myself, uh, Lady Astor, than I am with the the spirit on the ship. Whether, whether the passengers are, are aware or not, it is the crew that keep this running. And should we create circumstances which will make it more difficult for them to do their, their job, that will, will should, unfortunately, should we displease the passengers, that it's the crew who will bear the brunt of that. Would be nice to see the passengers stoop to their to our our level, so to say. But I mean, at the end of the day, we're still eating brown mush. We're all tired. We all want to go home. We're all making less money than we thought we were. 
if any, honestly, we might all die here. Indeed. Well, Fisher, you talked to me before about lowering the rations and worried about reactions, but what do you think would be better? Lower the rations and tell them we're out of food and see what the passengers do? Or try to fool them into thinking that uh, the food is just fine and that we're going to sail along our way, land somewhere safely? Do you think, which lie will they buy? Lady Aster, if you're suggesting keeping things the way they are and letting them burn through the filament. Certainly it's a lie they already believe. Certainly it's a lie they want to. Oh, I, I meant if we could fool them by just lowering the quality without going all the way to and sort of taps the cube and jiggles around a little bit. They won't buy this. And you know it. We'll be here eventually. But in the meantime, I would appreciate any aid you could offer on the cell. Make it colorful. Rich people love colorful things. Fringe, like, leans over your shoulder to, like, put a Tide Pod garnish on your plate. Uh, <laughs> oh, thank you, Fringe. <laughs> Just what I needed. A, a little after-dinner snack. Dessert, if you will. Did you make this one edible, or is it still poison? They're, they're sort of mint-flavored. Alright, I'll try it. <laughs> it's like if you sort of combined, like, a dinner mint and a toothpaste. <laughs> You guys want to? That's what I was thinking. Is this a toothpaste flavored Tide Pod? <laughs> you guys want to bite? Uh, for legal purposes, this podcast does not endorse the consumption of Tide Pods. <laughs> Please refer to our lawyer, Jack. With any questions? I am not your lawyer. <laughs> Cannot give us legal advice. This is simply just an outdated meme that we are putting into hmm. the ground. Please, please refer to to your own lawyers on this. Uh... <laughs> But I digress. Um, Jim will offer up a bite of the, the tiny Tide Pod to Fisher and the lady. Well, the lady will reach out and take and kind of take a little bit and offer it to Fisher and kind of make a little bit of a face and Fisher frown a bit, but then kind of smile at it a little bit. He'll sort of like just he'll sort of gesticulate at you with the pod, Jim. Uh, and this could be the future of your desserts. Uh, he has not bitten it yet. Because uh, I, I cer- certainly, I, but uh, d- desserts aside, are are all of you going to be all right with with what is to come? Will you be able to handle the passengers? Well, that all depends on the passengers, doesn't it? Fisher, you know the passengers on this ship. I think no matter what we do, they're going to fly into a riot. Oh, I I lost all hope of, of, of some sort of big sort of pull together effort some time ago. I'm simply hoping that this won't dent crew morale so horrifically that we spiral sooner than we must. I'll tell you what, Fisher. I can try and keep the crew afloat. I mean, I'm not really the most motivating to people, but none of us are going to risk our lives to stop some riots. Understood. If the crew, if the, if the passengers want to break windows and destroy their homes, that's on them. I I find that reason. I, I think my, myself that perhaps it could be arranged that 
your, your own replicator dials are turned up slightly for the moment. That we at least all have equal-ish fare. I think that would help. I think we'd be more willing to put in the extra effort. Let it be sealed. Uh, and he'll, he'll bite the, the Tide Pod. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Not for uh, Yeah, dude, yeah. Let, let it be sealed. <laughs> sure. And she'll just pop the rest of it in her mouth. Uh, <laughs> oh, Fringe, this is not good. <laughs> yeah, but you can you can replace like your your you can replace like your teeth brushing with it though. The lady will echo the "let it be sealed" um, <laughs> and will sort of look at Fisher and just sort of and look back at Jim. Say, the real thing is that they think that their dials are higher than the crew's dials. It's more fun if the opposite's true, isn't it? And um, the lady will uh, kind of just look back at Jim and wink. And look back at uh, Fisher and just stare at you. I think that's scene. All right, definitely crossroads. Definitely right? crossroads. Yeah, <laughs> definitely crossroads. crossroads. And I think for the purposes of that, we should treat that as the last checkbox mm-hmm. in the crossroads. I think that is it, which means we're in crossroads resolution. Step one is, is decide together if this is going to be the end of your game. This does not change how the crossroads is resolved, but it may change what players decide to make happen, etc. So, like, you know. This is a choice we make with our hearts. I think this is definitely not the last crossroads that this crew will face. Mm-hmm. I say we leave it open for future. Fair enough. Just in case. Just in case. Mm-hmm. Uh, step two, then st- set the stage. So we read aloud our crossroad, which is, will the astral swan begin rationing supplies? Uh, and the items in the yes and no columns to remind everyone what is at stake. Now, predictions that I believe we have currently in the yes column is only that crew ration quality gets bumped up. Uh, unless Algernon, you had had any predictions about. More that the passengers would just very much not be happy about it. Uh-huh. But I don't think there was anything specific on like whether people would actually riot. Okay. You were just spreading dissent. Yeah. For fun. I was. Yeah. So I think I had a bit of a flawed understanding of how the crisis interacted with the crossroads. Gotcha. Um, so I was definitely trying to push people to be more panicked, but I don't know if that's what actually happened. Okay. There is a separate resolve crisis. Uh, so we would have we would have resolved things differently if that had gone all the way. Gotcha. Our, our no columns were, I believe, if the supplies are not rationed... Uh, there will be panic and hoarding, uh, and likewise, if if supplies are are not rationed, uh, this this run will lead to to rampant filament waste. Step three is is our power makes a decision. Uh, I believe I'm the only power. Yes, I, yes, you are. No one else gets to vote. Describe how your character makes it happen. If you can't explain <laughs> how your character uses their power to affect the outcome, you can't vote. Um, I think. Rumors start to spread through the ship. Specifically, though, rumors that the crew all know are false, and rumors that the passengers don't know are false. Describing a dire situation, needing to make uh, changes. Um, and another rumor spreads alongside these, that less a rumor and more... Well, no, it is rumor. It's a rumor that the de food, the low 
graphics food um, is a delight of Mr. Starlight himself. Meanwhile, uh, as this spreads and the passengers um, sort of take on board this information and the crew is sort of coordinated and given their instructions to raise their own quality, it turns out that in the coming days, with the help of uh, Fisher Corbin, no doubt, the dials are switched um, and the passengers, and I, I think I, what I want to say is that rationing does begin. And that's all that I do, I think. Okay. There is some amount of that that comes under, under my domain uh, a, a bit, as I had a prediction on the winning side of the crossroad, uh, which was about the crew dials being bumped up. Uh, and so yeah. I, I think, I, I think we get a shot of the employee lounge and like someone has cleaned the replicator machine. It's, it's certainly low poly food. Uh, but they're not just cubes. Yes. They're triangles. Uh-huh. There's a, le- I, there's, there's a lemon shaped thing that, or there's a lemon colored thing that has little points on the ends. Uh, the food has individual flavors instead of just uh-huh. being nutrition flavored and Tide Pod flavored. Yes. And I think for my prediction, I, I don't think that the passengers riot. Uh, I think they are at the very least disgruntled and this would increase tensions moving forward on the ship. But I think that broadly speaking through the influence of Lady Iris Astra Rose, um, people grudgingly go forward with it. And Algernon has his lower resolution key lime pie that he he eats sadly. <laughs> uh, so touchstones. Show what your character thinks about what has happened, say where you are and what you think shows what the people of the kingdom feel. If you think the situation is bad for the kingdom, you may check a crisis box. If you think it is good, you may uncheck a crisis box or do nothing if you prefer. Uh, different touchstones may describe completely conflicting attitudes, but that will bring the kingdom closer to, to crisis. The crew's definitely happier um, to not be eating mush. Um, I, I, I think there is kind of a somewhat visible change that, you know, people aren't as like, snippy with passengers, and, you know, um, they aren't actively plotting against them, but still, no one's really happy, you know? Like, people are still eating low-poly food, and the crewmates are still settling into the reality that they're stuck on this job for an indefinite amount of time Mm -hmm. as basically servants for the ship. That's fair. So, still unhappy, but no longer, like, actively plotting revolt. That's fair. Would you like to uncheck or check a box? I think this counts as unchecking a box. You know, crew members are more likely to do their jobs, which is more likely to keep the ship afloat. And for (laughs) Delight, I think Delight and the passengers are furious. Uh Uh-huh. This is not at all what they had envisioned when they talked about rationing food. Uh, You know, they had imagined, number one, that the people who would bear the brunt of this rationing would be the crew. 
and that even if there would be rationing imposed on them, it would be on the tune of you can only have one scoop of ice cream with your cake in the evening. <clears throat> this low-poly food is revolting to them and is just utterly unacceptable. And there are some passenger group texts that are going around of people sharing photos of crew meals that are just like these lavish uh, feasts, which are clearly taken like from Getty images. <laughs> uh-huh. Um, so he's going to check a box toward crisis. Yeah, and I think because you have, you have the two of you have opposing touchstone views... If, if two or more touchstones describe contradictory popular reactions, so it shows turmoil and division within the kingdom after they've both gone check another box of the crisis card for each touchstone involved in the disagreement. Uh, so... Did we hit crisis? Uh, no, had had Jim not unchecked a crisis box, though, we would have. <laughs> oh my god. So close to popping off. Well, if Jim had unchecked a crisis box, then we wouldn't have added the other crises. I could have done nothing. Jim and crew morale has single-handedly sh- saved the ship from crisis, like, for now. We're on the breaking point, but, like, we haven't broke. <laughs> if we were playing another crossroads, the crossroad I would suggest is, does the crew quit? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Striking. Like, do the crew go on strike? Do they unionize, basically? <laughs> uh-huh. That's so good. Oh, that would be so good. I. Uh, because I imagine with the rumors passing around that the crew was eating lavishly, the passengers become a lot meaner to the crew. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. We checked. We have checked time passes, as you do after the end of every crossroad. Uh, but theoretically, this is also a moment to reflect on your, your wish or fear, etc., if it's still relevant to you. Oh, it certainly is for Lady Iris Aster Rose. The lady wishes the ship grew more exciting by any means necessary, and the ship is moving towards outright conflict between crew and passengers. <laughs> uh, Delight Starlight is just become uh, her favorite creature to displease and torment um, in roundabout ways. There's more drama on the ship than there was when we started, uh, or even more than there was when we started, and I think um, the lady is loving it and loving being at the center in some ways of the negotiations and the talking. <laughs> yes. Uh, I think Delight also has kept his wish, but maybe modified it as he now suspects that uh, perhaps he has a role to play not only as director, but as actor. <laughs> <laughs> Iconic. He's stepping in front of the camera. Oh, uh-huh. my God. Yeah, I, I think Fisher is still very much like afraid that that pandering to the passengers is going to be the death of us. And, like, the fact that they're rioting over their low-poly food is only cementing this. I think Algernon's wish is still applicable. He wished that the passengers would become so bored with monotonous reality they would accept the supernatural and bed to his wins. I don't think boredom is really a problem anymore. I, I think... I think he still wants to... Be in control, but recognizes that there are certain keys of power that he needs to work with more in the future. 
I think with Jim, she's starting to see a shift in her priorities a little bit. And she's still very much afraid of, like, dying on this ship with ever. Well, she's still much afraid of being on this ship forever with all these people that she hates. I think she's also becoming worried about dying on this ship with all these people that she hates. <laughs> and she doesn't really know which one is worse. Yeah. And at least for now, that's game. Yeah. Good job, everybody. All right. Well done. God, I love Kingdom. Uh <laughs> <sighs> Guys, I tried really hard to make society collapse on this cruise ship, and apparently it's harder than I thought. We hope you enjoyed our playthrough of Kingdom. Tune in next week as we do a little conversation about the system itself, what we wish we had done differently or known ahead of time, and some recommendations for how to make your perfect Kingdom game in the future. If you liked our show, why not give us a little rate and review on whatever podcast service you're using? You can also follow us on Twitter at Calamity Vault, where we will post updates, art of our characters, links to the game system so you can purchase them and support independent creators, all the fun stuff. <laughs>